Don't call it a comeback, but deflation is making its comeback. More and more people are starting to realize that maybe there's something wrong here. Oil prices are down. Gasoline prices are down. Company earnings are not as great. Company CEOs are talking about deflation and other problems in the economy. So maybe we're coming back to back to earth after a couple months of a, essentially a part-time detour from oil prices, disinflation, the U.S. consumer that was only too happy to spend during the summertime. But rather than represent the soft landing that everyone was convinced was happening, it was just, as I said, a temporary detour from deflationary potential that never really left. And I'll give you a quote here. Walmart CEO, Walmart, the big U.S. retailer, who just, re just reported earnings earlier this week, said, in the U.S., we may be managing through a period of deflation in the months to come. And while that would put pressure, unit pressure on us, we welcome it because it's better for our customers. And I don't think he could have said it better. What I mean by that is this is what many people are thinking. They've been led to believe that the cure for inflation that we've experienced is deflation. When, as we're seeing in the oil market, as we're seeing in bonds again, as we're seeing in all these earnings reports and a lot of economic data around the world, deflation is not our friend. This is not something we should be looking for because lower prices mean weak economy, maybe even really weak economy. And Steve, Steve Van Meter, if Walmart CEO is talking about deflation, there's a pretty good chance that that's what we're going to see here. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. I mean, this is, as you said, this is typical supply and demand issue. Demand is falling and retailers are excited about it for some strange reason. They think that perhaps the prices came down a little bit, that consumers are just going to rush out and snap things up. But what they don't realize is one, consumers have no money right now. Number two, they have no access to credit because banks have been tightening lending standards and are capping out credit card limits. And then there's the other issue, which we know is the most important one. If I'm in the market to buy something, particularly say a big ticket item, maybe a car or TV or something, something or a durable good, we'll just say that. And I see prices are falling, then I'm more likely to hold off my purchase, which leads to lower prices. And of course, you know, while Walmart CEOs think this is great, and maybe it's great because he's going to steal business from Target and other companies like that, that may be true. But broad-based deflation is definitely not something they really want to see because once it gets hold in the economy, of course, this is what keeps central bankers awake at night. It's not inflation, it's deflation. Well, next thing you know, nobody's spending money, and then you have an inventory problem that we already have, and the whole thing just gets worse. It's one of those be careful what you wish for. Because you're right, Steve. What the Walmart CEO, this, this McMillan guy, I can say his name, this McMillan guy was basically saying, yes, this is tough in the economy, but this is going to be good for us because we're Walmart. We're known for low prices. And if everybody's struggling, they're going to come to us at the expense of everyone else. So from a micro scale perception, this seems great. Okay, people are struggling. They're going to come in our doors. But if he's right about having to cut prices in his own store, in his own chains of stores, then that means that it's it, there's a good chance that not only is are his competitors hurt, he's going to be hurt too because it's not just a a shift of higher uh, higher priced products to lower priced product. They're not brand shopping here or ditching brands for the generics. Customers are cutting back across the board. 
And so he might be saying, okay, this could be good for Walmart in the short run, but if it continues to develop in exactly that way, it's not going to be good for anybody. So the, the very appearance of deflation, the fact that it, the word even escaped his mouth, yeah, I wonder if he was trying to put a happy face on what he knows is likely to be a huge risk and a huge danger here. Yeah, I think he is, Jeff, because if you think about when an economy slows, what do consumers immediately try to do? They, they stretch their budgets, right? I mean, that we know. And so Walmart historically does actually benefit during periods where the economy is in a recession or slowdown or whatever, because people are going there to save money. The problem, even in their own earnings, they said that people are, yes, people are coming, but they're spending less too. So they're like, it would be different if he said, look, we're seeing an increase in traffic and we're seeing an increase in sales, but it's like, well, we got more traffic but the sales aren't there. And that's the real issue of the problem. As you said, be careful what you wish for, because what they think is the issue is prices are just a little bit too high. And this is the Fed view, the central banker view. Inflation is really the issue here. It's not the issue. Wages haven't been keeping up with inflation. The pandemic stimulus is gone. We have higher minimum payments on credit cards. All the student loan repayments are back. So you look at what consumers are dealing with on top of high energy prices. They just don't have the money to spend like they used to. And of course, for the moment, Walmart says it's good. In a matter of a couple of quarters, we're going to hear how that wasn't good. Yeah, there, but you can understand where he's coming from a little bit here because, you know, we went through this initial slide last year into the early part of this year, and then prices came down. And in America, at least, shoppers came back they came back so he's thinking okay if we do the same kind of thing this year at the end of this year into early next year maybe we'll have another mini revival in the economy but as you're saying steve there are massive differences between the end of 2022 and the end of 2023 at the end of 2022 we were struggling to begin with but at least there was savings there was credit there was a bunch of other you know nominal incomes were still relatively decent at that point the labor market hadn't slowed down as dramatically as in between we look at the statistics now for not just the number of jobs, but really it comes down to incomes, what we're, we're really talking about. Incomes are nowhere near as decent, for lack of a better term, this year compared to last year. So even if prices do come down, which is kind of our theme here, prices are coming down right now, it's not because the economy is set to pick up again another revival as in the early part of this year. It's because... As the oil market is telling us, something is really wrong in widespread fashion here. Think about all the supply cuts that have been, all the supply restrictions in crude oil, and yet new crude oil prices are going down, and they're going down by a lot. Gasoline prices, they're going down and going down by a lot. Historically speaking, these are not good signs for not just health of demand for energy, but demand for everything, because oil is pretty much part of everything. Yeah, Jeff, could this be kind of the myth of the soft landing that we're seeing from the CEO of Walmart that we're seeing in the oil markets here? That maybe that the issue here is that things were just a little too tight and that maybe if prices do come down a little bit. And we'll talk about, you know, retail prices, oil prices across the board in everything. If it just comes down a little bit, then that gives the U.S. consumer the margin that they've needed. And then from there, we come rocketing out of there. Well, that would be actually a very hopeful situation. But then we can turn to companies like Cisco and, well, we get a whole different perspective on maybe what's really going on in the economy. Well, you know, Steve, the problem here is ceteris paribus, this idea that if all else is equal, then we change this one thing and we can understand what happens, right? 
if if the problem is quote unquote inflation or consumer prices and we get rid of consumer price inflation then everything else equal yes the walmart this walmart would would benefit the economy would benefit everything would be terrific but all else is not equal as we're saying here incomes are bad inventories are too high consumers can't spend whether they want to or not they don't have the incomes and more than that, we're beginning to see signs, really big signs, that consumers are becoming more cautious because they can see the labor market isn't as robust as it was. And you mentioned Cisco here, Steve. That's a pretty good example because Cisco was probably maybe the standout stock of the week this past week when they announced earnings. The stock was down huge on the earnings, not those, not the past earnings, but the forward guidance. And the, the Cisco CEO, the management team got together and said, you know, the problem was all of our customers have all of our products just sitting there in warehouses. They haven't installed them. They haven't resold them. They haven't done anything. So we're going to take a couple quarters here and just wait. We'll see what happens. We're not going to ship any more products because our customers already have a lot of products, which to any rational person, that would sound a lot like an inventory problem because of an economy problem that customers are not buying because they already bought more than they could sell or more than they could handle. Yet the Cisco C, the Cisco management didn't want to use the term, didn't want to say there was something wrong with the macro economy because like Walmart CEO, I think they want to maintain this idea that this is a temporary soft landing, a small downturn on our way into a soft landing when in reality, that's a pretty, another big warning sign on top of all the rest of them that continue to come in one after another after another. Yeah, you know, you're right, Jeff, because, you know, you talk about channel stuffing at Cisco, which this is exactly what this is. It's like, hey, this we've got like earnings coming up, right? right? Stuff the channel full of all this stuff, and then we'll hope, we'll pray that in the next quarter or two, and we'll tell everyone that we need a quarter or two, and then when it doesn't happen, wait and see what happens to our stock price then. But it's not this, this is not just a Cisco effect here. It, you're, we're seeing across the board, as you've been covering for quite a long time, is inventory levels across the board are just, just outsized. They're just ridiculous. And yet this hope that if they just come down a little bit, we'll be okay. Well, they've got to come down a lot. And yet we keep hearing about the robustness of the labor market. And as you kind of mentioned, Jeff, you know, things are changing here. And this is where we get to the kind of the weekly unemployment claims. And, and they ticked up to, I think, about 231,000. And that's still historically pretty low. And that's not the issue. It's continuing claims have continued to rise are now about 1.87 million. And the real effect here, there's, there's twofold. It tells us that people on unemployment can't get back into the workforce. Now, Jeff, I don't know about you, but this is the holiday season. There's all kinds of seasonal work, which does get counted by the government. So you think if you need a second job or maybe you just need an interim job, well, they're out there. But the problem is they're not. And the issue, the second issue we have here is the longer people are on continuing claims, well, we know they're not getting 100% of their former wage. And that means a continued reduction in consumption that eventually backfeeds into the economy, which is why we see continuing claims often lead initial claims. And if this direction continues, well, we're not going to be hearing a lot of good things out of Walmart or Cisco in the coming quarters. Well, this is, you know, that's the thing. There's a lot of retail jobs available, holiday seasonal jobs that are available. Maybe, and I think that we've seen uh, anecdotes spill out over the last couple of weeks that 
there aren't as many retail and holiday jobs available as there have been in the past. So already the, the labor environment from that respect is, is weakening too. And, you know, I know I share the same thing with initial claims that you do. I mean, we've seen initial claims go back and forth all year. And it, every time they start to rise, you're like, okay, is this it? Is this the one? Is this, are we going to start to see the layout? And then of course they go right back down. So we have to be cautious about initial claims. I know you are, Steve, and we have to think, okay, it's possible this is the, the start of something bigger, but we need to see more from it. But as you were pointing out, there are some key differences this time versus, say, the last time, which was in the middle part of the year, which is continued claims are going up. We've seen labor market, the unemployment rate even. Over the last couple of months, September and October, the unemployment rate rose not because people were joining a labor force, but because people were losing their jobs, according to the household survey. So it may be that initial claims, this is the start of the recession type processes that most people associate with recession, though we still have to be cautious. But, you know, you put that together with everything. Else. Why is oil prices? Why are oil prices down so big? It's not because of something specific with the oil market. And even if oil prices were down, that would be enough, but it's not. You've got oil, you've got Walmart, you've got Cisco, you've got all of these one after another after another. You can tell that something has materially shifted here. Yeah, Jeff, it's like the broad economy is downshifting here. And what's interesting to me is I have a lot of friends that work in retail and a lot of the jobs kind of around here in the Orlando area are very much based on tourism. So you look at restaurants and you know before, you're hearing about all this retail demand for employees. And now um, a lot of my friends say, no, we're actually cutting people, which is really odd going into the holiday season. You tend to get the opposite effect. And I asked them what's going on. They said, well, sales are down. We're not getting our bonuses. We're not hitting our production targets. So the bosses are cutting the weak people. You go into restaurants and normally, you know, packed house. And now you're seeing, oh, I can get in and get a seat without a reservation. And around here during peak times, you know, particularly in the summer, that's impossible. But today you walk in, it's like, oh, no problem. So just looking broadly, you see the, again in the oil market, which is brilliant because when people need to cut expenses, instead of making the, you know, I think this came up in the target earnings. They said, you know, people aren't making target runs anymore. Well, what's a target run? I mean, well, I need some toothpaste. So I'll just run down to target. Well, I need this. I'll just run down there. Well, now people aren't doing that. They're planning their trips out. They're saving up their list and making kind of one run around where they need to go. It's all a sign that money and financial conditions are tight. It's, it's almost strange. It's almost as if these inverted yield curves and money curves are actually coming to fruition, Jeff. And I know a lot of people don't believe that, but it's almost as if they are. Well, that's the, I think, again, that's that's the issue. As these things happen, as oil prices go down, as the bond market suddenly catches a bid, it's it flies in the face of everything that people have been saying and been told over the summertime into the fall. Soft landing is a foregone conclusion. Higher for longer. Inflation is the biggest risk we're facing. And all of a sudden we get a bond rally and people are like, well, no, this must be short covering. You get oil prices that are tanking. And now the media is trying to sell this idea that supplies are magically coming from somewhere. It can't be demand, right? Because we have a soft landing. Even Japanese government bonds. The JGB market, suddenly it has a dramatic bid there too, which suggests that this is a worldwide phenomenon, which is only too consistent with everything we talk about. But that's, I think, the problem. Going back to what we said at the outset, deflation isn't making a comeback. It just kind of went underground for a while because people were focused on other things. It wasn't an immediate threat. Therefore, everyone assumed, well, it must have disappeared. 
You know, the banking crisis in March and April, everybody kind of held their breath. Okay, here it comes. And then nothing happened. So, okay, it must be nothing was going to happen. There's that recency bias there too. And so what we're saying here is one signal after another, after another, after another says what we've been saying all along, soft landings don't happen. And now we're about to see the bad stuff. It's hard for people to believe. It's hard for anybody to take it. And so the knee-jerk reaction is to take any one of these individual pieces of information and just explain it away as something technical about that. Oh, Walmart, they're just talking about something about Walmart. Or Cisco, they're just channel stuffing. And you know they don't want to admit that there's more problems there. The bond market, that's just short covering. It can't possibly be a flight to safety and liquidity consistent with the same deflationary recession the bond market has been pricing from the very beginning. Yeah, Jeff. And, and then you look at, you know, say the UK retail sales crumbling there. I mean, it's not just a U.S. phenomenon. It's a global issue. Like you said, with Japanese JGBs, you, you start looking around the world and it's not just an isolated air pocket. And, you know, we've talked about this before where in the data you get some air pockets and you say, OK, well, that could you know be explained away. The problem is when you've got too many of them, you can't explain them all away. And that's the challenge here is people are going to have to start accepting that we are slowing down. Deflation is coming back and demand from the global economy is actually slowing down. And that is not something central bankers anywhere in the world want to actually admit. Yeah, they're still in rate hike mode and they're still arguing that rate cuts. We don't see any rate cuts anywhere. And yes, we've been talking about rate cuts and a Fed or ECB pivot for many months. But that's the thing. As you always say, you can't put a clock on this thing. We're dealing with probabilities. And despite the fact that deflation went underground for a while there, the probability was always very high to uh, throughout the whole period. And now we've got the, the CEO of Walmart actually saying, hey, deflation's here. Great. Let's let's go. The conversation I have with Mike Green, at least the first part of it, that's the video I've got linked below me. That's the part we put up on YouTube. The full interview, the full conversation, that's available to Eurodollar University members and Eurodollar University DDA subscribers. And if you are a Eurodollar University member or a DDA subscriber, I cannot thank you enough for your support. And until next time, everyone take care.